The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you've joined us. We've got a great program, and I know that you're going to benefit greatly from it, that you're going to get some new ideas, uh, feel inspired, and uh, that your heart and your mind will be opened. And I want to thank you also for making, for liking Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. Thank you for posting on our page. Thank you for sharing our posts and uh, our podcast links is just great. I want to appreciate your participation. And uh, thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It is great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality right here on unityonlineradio.org. And thank you also for letting me hear from you and uh, what's happening for you and your spirituality and your recovery walk. And I'm very glad to know that the guests that I have here are making a real difference for you and that they're touching your heart. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and my guests are um, people who are down to earth and knowledgeable and innovative. Often they are people who are in recovery themselves, or um, also people who work with or write for recovering people, or for just uh, for spiritual growth. People that are engaged in their own research and their own teaching and their own writing about spiritual growth. And my guest today is uh, in that category, and he's got lots to share with us about the principles of healing. So my guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen um, live via your computer. Uh, via your smartphone, you can go to Stitcher.com, you can download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can listen via iTunes. If you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio. Um, also, you can listen to podcasts at your own leisure. We've got lots of years worth of great programs. So you can go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery and find lots of great podcasts. I want you to know that the Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. So if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, uh, you're really welcome here. Or if you're just curious about what recovery is about, what uh, spirituality and recovery are about, very glad to have you here. You're uh, certainly welcome to uh, call in or email in a comment or a question for my guest on the topic of the day. And uh, we're just uh, very glad that you're here because there's lots to learn. And the recovery uh, field has brought a lot of uh, insight into the process of spirituality. And uh, again, you'll hear some more about that today from my guest who will be uh, sharing with us some spiritual principles, uh, some of which have been incorporated uh, into the recovery movement. And so it's been a wonderful interaction between the recovery movement and, and spirituality and unity principles and, and uh, other spiritual principles. Um, I want, always want to make sure too, to, uh, that family members and friends 
know that recovery as a family member, as a friend, is possible for you. Um, as family members or friends, uh, which is what I am, that's my category there, my identification, we too can get caught up in enabling and losing a sense of our own selves by getting swept up in trying to support and help and fix uh, a loved one's uh, disease of addiction. And so there are 12-step programs, there's therapy, there's all kind of uh, programs that are available for families and friends. So we can also have our own recovery process, and that's that's really important because we deserve that and deserve to live uh, lives that are full and free. If you'd like to uh, support financially this nonprofit radio station, unityonlineradio.org, you can do that. It's simple. You can make a one-time or an ongoing donation. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727. And if you enjoy what you hear on Spirit of Recovery and the other great programs on UnityOnlineRadio.org and you'd like to make a financial contribution to supporting this nonprofit venture, you can do that. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and also an Addictions Counselor, and I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction, and uh, 36 years ago, this got me, uh, these relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and uh, I'm really grateful for that, so the that uh, the family disease of of addiction, alcoholism has been a great gift in my life because it propelled my spiritual growth. And so ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that keeps transforming my life, and it keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. So I am very grateful, very delighted to have the opportunity to share with you these ideas and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and your recovery walk. So, today's program, it's going to be uh, very enlightening, and I'm glad you're listening. Today, our program is called Spirit, Mind, Body, Unity's Focus on Healing. Um, Making a conscious connection with wholeness and well-being is the key to healing and to recovery. And recovery can, you know, be recovery from a lot of things, including addiction, also uh, recovery from illness. The, the basic found that the basic principles of healing and spirituality cut across all um, circumstances and situations and diseases. Self-awareness, self-responsibility, and prayer and meditation are the building blocks of that connection to our innate wholeness and innate well-being. Twelve-step programs have been influenced in part by unity and by other new thought approaches. And um, the, some of the founders of the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous had in their libraries uh, some unity and some new thought um, literature. And uh, so, as well, of course, of other things. But the 12-step programs and, and uh, lots of aspects of the recovery uh, approach have made powerful use of spiritual healing methods. My guest today is Mark Hicks, and he is the founder of TruthUnity.net. And TruthUnity.net is a place for the study, practice, and sharing of classic unity teachings. And uh, Mark is steeped in the understanding of unity's healing methods and how they have influenced the recovery movement. And today he's going to be sharing with us uh, uh, broadly about unity's healing principles. He's going to be sharing with us about how they were developed and how they can be put to use in recovery and beyond. You can go to truthunity.net, which is... um, Mark's ministry, it's uh, an incredible website. It is chock full of um, great uh, spiritual resources and um, lots and lots of uh, just, it's just a storehouse. It's just wonderful. And um, Mark provides live classes and online audio and video streaming of many of the great Unity teachers and founders. And his site also offers novel ways to study Unity's classic teachings through hyperlinking and multimedia. Um, over 1,000 people come to Truth Unity for four or five minutes every day for inspiration, study, and online learning. 
And Mark, besides developing TrueCunity.net, he makes his living developing software in his hometown of Austin, Texas. And in 2011, he founded Unity Church of Georgetown, which is a suburb of Austin. And he was its spiritual leader. They might not appreciate being called a suburb of Austin. Anyway, it's a town north of us. <laughs> I'll put it that way. And Mark was its the uh, Unity of Georgetown spiritual leader for its first seven months and had a great attendance and uh, a successful ministry there. He's been married for 38 years, and his wife, Marika, and he have two grown daughters and some grandchildren now. So, um, Mark, welcome to Spirit Recovery. Very glad that you're here today. Yeah, what a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. And Mark is also a licensed Unity teacher, so um, uh, again, he's got lots of good information. So, so Mark, um, tell us a little bit... um, uh, right off the bat, about what is the foundation of Unity's approach to healing? What's what's some of the foundational ideas in it? Well, probably the most important is that the body is important. The body is not something to be ignored. Uh, Unity and New Thought in general, and, and Unity in particular, grew out of a uh, a confluence of Christianity and mind cure, uh, which was a early uh, forms of, of auto suggestion and hypnotism, but going back into the 18th century, people were aware that what we thought and said and did affected the body. That got uh, it came together with Christianity, especially with the Fillmores. And so, my uh, first point is that. In New Thought and in Unity, the body is important, and it's not just important for living, it's important for our spirituality. It's very difficult to have a, uh, a rich uh, spiritual life, a growth of a spirit, and to ignore the body, uh, to abuse the body. It doesn't work, um, and so that's, I think – probably one of the great contributions that we've gotten from uh, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. Right. You know, and that's so important. Uh, and it's a little, it's uh, a bit different from some other approaches uh, to spirituality, both Eastern and Western. And to me, it's, it's essential. It's one of the things that uh, long ago when I started attending unity, one of the things that really attracted me because it didn't, it, Unity did not tell me that earth was bad or that my earthly experience was bad or that my body was bad or that my psychology was bad. It told me just what you're saying, that everything about me and all human beings is good and and we are to to take care of it, as you say, and, and that and you can't just escape life. You can't just run away and go sit on a mountain somewhere and hope you're gonna get spiritual. You gotta you gotta deal with what's happening in Earth plane. Absolutely. Uh, heaven is not, uh, at least in Unity's uh, teachings, is not something after death. It is something in current life. And uh, what we do with our body uh, establishes our, our, uh, uh, our, our truth here. I, I, I like to say this came from uh, Centers for Spiritual Living, formerly known as Religious Science. Their founding teacher, Thomas Troward, he loved to say that we are not a body that has a soul. We are a soul that expresses a body. And what he meant by that is the body is a perfect expression of the state of our soul. And so it, it's a... Uh, it's a creation. It's a an expression. Uh, it's valid. It's not something that should have disease. It's not something that should have addictions. It's not something that should deteriorate. And ultimately, it's not something normatively that should die. Uh, the, the best of our uh, healing teachers, they always say that I don't think about aging. I don't even consider it. Um, now, that's a tough thing. Uh, Charles Fillmore said that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right, because because of that idea that uh, innately we are whole, innately we are well, that, yeah, that like you're saying, we're not meant to deteriorate. I mean, 
you know, life goes on, but but spiritually we're expanding. Absolutely. And it, the term normative got me in trouble when I was up in Georgetown. Uh-huh. I, I taught a class, and uh, someone started talking about the natural cycle of life, that we live and die and, and that life goes on, and, and, and that's fine. I, I get that. But I basically said, you know, normatively, that's not where we are in, in unity. Um, in other words, even though – all of us are very likely to pass on one day. I don't deny that. It's not normative. It's not something that we look forward to. It's not something that we embrace. And we know that intuitively. Most people, when they have a choice, would rather live. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so life is good. It is our choice. Absolutely. And I'll just say to that, one of our great... Uh, Unity teachers this is purely my own observation, but James Dillett Freeman, who what's called the Unity Poet Laureate, and who did make his, he died, he made his transition uh, several years ago now. But I observed him at Unity Village over the years um, as he as he went through this aging process, and this was my personal observation. It was like to me that although his, you know, clearly on the outer he was aging, it was like he his he seemed to get brighter and brighter. It's almost I, I kept thinking he's like a bar a soap it's like he's he's kind of in a way not shrinking but he's kind of physically almost kind of becoming smaller or something but his light is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger so it was like okay somehow his soul light his spirit light is just increasing although you know at the physical level um you know he's he is Getting older, and he did obviously passed on, but but it was clear that there's a life force. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There's a life force in us, and certainly it was so obvious to me in him that is so bright and so strong that you know. Absolutely, he uh, one of his poems is called "The Little Goldfish," uh-huh. and it's a beautiful story of a goldfish pond that he had in the backyard, and he put in goldfish, and the winter came as it does in Missouri; everything froze over. In the spring, he went back out to clean up the pond, put in new water, and to stock it with new fish. And he has this incredible story of this little frozen goldfish at the bottom of the pond towards the end of winter in Missouri. And he looked at it, and something told him, this fish is alive. And he talks about how he pulled it out, and he started poking his finger and and trying to rub its belly. And eventually the fish emerged and how he describes this fish's desire to live is just an unbelievably beautiful poem. And he has other stories as well, but that was so deep in James Dillett Freeman's psyche, this tenacious desire to live. It it runs through the man's entire spirituality. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. And you know how – uh, the connection for me of all that with, with recovery is that, um, you know, the stories that are heard every single day in 12-step programs or in treatment programs or in whatever uh, recovery modalities uh, people are using, they're amazing. They're miracle stories, and, and they are about that life force that people are able to connect with in the face of a lot of times just horrendous situations horrendous circumstances um, of the disease of addiction and yet people connect with that life force and they go forward and life blossoms yeah and you know in typical everyday religion it's easy to get trite it's easy to be shallow it's easy to not be serious uh, to to look for something that's interesting but something that uh, i'm not going to commit to it seems to me, in recovery, that's not an option. Uh, no one goes into recovery, I suspect, half-heartedly. They may begin, but mm-hmm. recovery is about jumping in the the uh, the, the full way. Um, and so, to the extent that recovery is a spiritual pathway, it has to be deep. It has to be transformative. Uh, that's, I think, the great contribution that I see in uh, recovery circles back to 
mainstream religion. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're right, because pretty much everybody that gets in recovery at some point gets it that it's a life and death proposition. And that's true for family members, too. It it may uh, not always be so obvious that it's a physical life and death situation, although family members can certainly be very much physically affected by stress. But psychologically and spiritually, even for family members, it's it's life and death. It's like, you know... Am I going to connect with my life force and live my own life or, or not? Absolutely. And, you know, participating in religion can be socially beneficial. In other words, if I am a good member, an outstanding member of the established church, that's something that garners me some recognition in the social life. But that's not true in recovery. A uh, few people, um, uh, acquire social benefits by admitting or acknowledging their um, their, their uh, weaknesses to a particular substance. That's right. Yeah, there's definitely there's still a lot of social stigma. And you know, one thing um, that uh, that that I, an, a connection again between I think that new thought or not new age, but new thought and unity teachings uh, and and recovery is this idea of spiritual but not religious. You know, that's such a common term anymore. And um, that phrase came out of recovery. That's in the first recovery literature. That's in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. This is a spiritual program, not a religious program. And I'm I like, whoa. Yes, it is. Yes. That's where it came. I mean, I'm saying that's where it came from. Those words, I don't really know that. The words are in there. Um and I'm assuming that uh, it is at least one of the places through which that idea came. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, right. it's, uh, it's a different category of spiritual endeavor, spiritual pathway. Right. Um, and, you know, we talk often about a head-centered spirituality and a heart-centered spirituality, and both of those are fine. But I believe there is a third, and that is a body-centered spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I, I know a number of people who uh, exhibit that. I'm not going to mention names, but there's one person in particular that uh, is passed on, and that's Cora Fillmore. And Cora, the second Charles Fillmore's second wife, and Charles was Fillmore known, was the co-founder of, of our Unity Movement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He uh, was a head-centered guy. He was intellectual, and his wife Myrtle was a very heart-centered woman. Uh, after Myrtle passed, Charles married uh, Cora, and she was known to ride a bicycle around Unity Village in a chiffon dress. <laughs> and she was a, uh, a, a lifelong vegetarian. She and a little bit of a what we would call today a health nut, somebody who would, uh, you know, be a plant-based diet person and very very assertive about it. Um, there's a lot of jokes about Cora and her, her uh, vegetarianism, and but she was a, 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 a she in, in all respects showed her spirituality through her body. And you know what they say about Charles Fillmore is that. After he married Cora, he appeared 20 years younger. And um, I often say it, Charles got Corified. <laughs> but that's what a body-centered person can do. I think they, they're almost contagious in the, in the spirituality that emerges through their body. Right. And she was a dancer, wasn't she? A- hey, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's correct. Yeah. Right. So, she, so all that was very important to her, I guess, to, to – Take good care of her energy system and and express through her body. Is that part of it? Part of her body centered spirituality. Mm-hmm. And today we have people who, uh, especially people in the healing arts, massage therapists, and you know people that are doing alternative healing techniques. I think quite often they are body centered uh, in their spirituality. In other words, spirit. We we all receive truth in different ways uh, in our consciousness, in our subconsciousness, in our heart and feelings. But I believe some people receive truth through their body. 
In other words, if it feels right in their bones, they know it's truth. Um, and they dance uh, to go back to Korah. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Right. There is some, um, and I've had her and, and some other practitioners on my program here on Spirit of Recovery, the 12-step uh, yoga movement, Nikki Myers uh, started this. She's a person in long-term recovery and also a, a yoga teacher. So some years ago, she started a whole program which she teaches and trains people um, to do 12-step yoga and combining the 12 steps with yoga, which is very much, again, her phrase is the issues are in the tissues. So she's inviting people yeah. to deal with themselves, you know, uh, emotionally, spiritually, and physically to, to bring that depth healing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Psychologists are learning. There's, we all learn differently. Some of us learn uh, in, in, kinesthetically, um, and that's kind of well known. It's something that we've come to recognize in the past twenty, thirty years. That some people just have a difficult time with books, but if you could get them to act out or to um, um, work through their body on a certain concept and all of a sudden it connects right absolutely so tell us some more um mark about this this idea of um of spirituality um but not religion because again that's the foundation so much of of unity we uh do we we in some sense i guess unity is a denomination or whatever but but the point is is that we really do work very diligently to focus on spiritual principles and help people to develop themselves spiritually. So what are some of those principles that come from the earliest um, founding of unity? Well, it's the, at least in unity, um, it's the, the, the threefold nature that we are spirit, soul, and body. Um, and each of those three are um, equally important each are uh, the same creation of God. Um, in traditional Christianity and much of traditional religion, there's a focus on our soul, but there's a sense that spirit is separate from us. Spirit is somehow uh, will bless us if we uh, appease it in different religious ways, but that we are uh, at best, a soul, and uh, in one of the, the the fundamental principle, and I believe in unity regarding, especially regarding healing, is that the soul and the spirit are inseparable. And what that means is the spirit. We are never alone. Uh, quite often, in our psyche, in our soul nature, we may feel alone, but we are inseparable from God. And that is the, the 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 most fundamental principle. We know that in unity as as oneness, our monism. But we are never alone, which happens to be uh, uh, the the name of a track that a track that unity often publishes uh, for people who are in hospitals and so forth. Spirit and soul are never separated, which is quite comforting to me when. Uh, someone I love has passed on because I know that soul, which I love, is uh, bonded to spirit and always was bonded. And so there is never that separation. The, the other thing that goes with that is that the body, which is the third part of what we call the metaphysical uh, trinity, is – um, normatively not separate from the, the soul and the, the uh, spirit as well. Um, in other words, we are always expressing that body each moment. Um, how I think this afternoon will determine the state of my body this evening. Um, there's no uh, – it's not like we're given a gift at birth and then we slowly use it up. What is happening at birth is we are expressing a body and we do that each moment, moment by moment. And that has all sorts of ramifications. It means that we can turn things around very quickly uh, through consciousness work, 
through works of consciousness. So the, the, I think the real foundation is this concept of spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really something I think that new thought and unity has contributed to Western spirit, well, to spiritual, world spirituality, but specifically Western spirituality. Right. That's a good point. And, and in the, again, the foundational 12 step book, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, and in the 12 steps, there's a great emphasis placed, in, especially on step, in step 11, but really throughout the whole uh, program on making conscious contact with uh, God or as you understand it. So there's never a question. I mean, the 12 the step programs are based on the pr- basic premise that there is a God. Really, a lot of like what you're saying, and that it's not. And the point being is that you have to make contact with it. You have to make make conscious contact with God. Not that you're separate from it, but that you're not aware of it. And to me, that's very close to uh, what what Unity's saying. And 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 they advocate in the twelve step program. Obviously, step eleven is all about prayer and meditation. That you need to communicate. You need to learn to pray and meditate. Communicate with God. So what place does prayer have in unity? It's huge. Absolutely. And it what it does is it opens a channel from spirit to soul and from soul to body. Uh, May Rowland is is a, a woman who uh, managed Silent Unity for 60 years uh, for unity. She's beyond – besides the film, was probably the most revered person in the unity movement. And when we hear – Audio tapes of May Rowland praying, all she is doing is relaxing the body. She goes up and down her body. She goes to her ears, to her eyes, to her nose, to her chin, and she intentionally says, peace, be still. Relax, relax, relax. And what she is doing is opening the channel from soul to body. And she's doing it in an intentional way. Myrtle Fillmore did the same thing when she was uh, recovering from tuberculosis. She acknowledges she went to each organ of her body. And she asked them to actually forgive her for her previous thoughts. What she was doing was opening the body to the channel of soul. And that's where prayer is most important. Right, and that again is such an important recovery practice, and um, for people in recovery to do that, um, to open that channel up, to let that body heal, because there's a lot of healing that physical on the physical level that uh, is important to work with um, in addiction as and recovery from it, and as well as the psychological level. So I love what you're saying. Is those practices are some great ways to Love the body to open up and let that healing power come through. Yeah. I believe there is another principle that um, it, it's probably number two or number three on the list, and that's forgiveness. Um, almost everyone in unity and almost everyone in all spiritualities bring up that forgiveness is the most critical um, component in recovery or life, uh, prosperity as well as healing. Uh, even Catherine Ponder said, if you're not forgiving, you're cutting off your supply. And it's just a very commercial or, you know, uh, statement. But it's, it's, it, Frank Judici, uh, a great teacher at Unity School made the statement, um, that I, I, was really pushing last month says all problems stem from one basic problem and that's our inability to forgive ourselves uh, and to love ourselves totally and and unconditionally but forgiveness is an absolute requirement in healing uh, we do not heal if we have not forgiven that's a, a precept that uh, unity teaches and very strongly. Charles Fillmore, when people would come to him and talk about their prosperity problems, he would come right back and say, who haven't you forgiven? Mm-hmm. That was his first statement. Uh, it's mm-hmm. pretty tough, but forgiveness is, is right up there. 
the most important principles. Absolutely. On that um, note, we, it's time for our break here. So we're going to take a moment here. We're going to take a break and listeners stay with us. We're going to, and then we're going to be back and I'll continue my conversation with my guest, Mark Hicks, um, who is the founder of truthunity.net, an incredible resource for study practice and sharing of, uh, Classic Unity Teachings, which are powerful spiritual principles. And we're talking about spirit, mind, and body, Unity's focus on healing and how that relates to recovery. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. For listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. And our topic today is Spirit, Mind, Body, Unity's Focus on Healing and that Relationship to the Recovery Process. And my guest is Mark Hicks. Mark uh, is the founder of TruthUnity.net, which is a place for the study, practice, and sharing of classic Unity teachings. And Mark is steeped in an understanding of Unity's healing methods and how they've influenced the recovery movement as well as uh, Western spirituality and beyond. And he's just uh, a wonderful metaphysician, and he's uh, sharing with us some beautiful, powerful stories from the some of Unity's wonderful teachers, great teachers from the past, and uh, and talking to us about how these healing principles work and, and how we apply them to recovery. Before I get back to my conversation with Mark, I want to invite you to join me in a brief meditation, our Serenity Minute, to share with me a constructive idea to relax and to take a moment in the quiet and make that conscious contact with your higher power as you understand it. So I do invite you to uh, join with me right now to relax, to feel that presence and power that's your higher power, that's peace and love. And allow yourself to relax, feeling your face, your neck and shoulders and arms and hands relax, feeling relaxation as it moves through your body temple, through your legs and feet, and allow your heart to open and relax, allow your mind to relax, and share with me this constructive idea. I am totally and completely connected to my higher power. My higher power is love and 
understanding, compassion, and joy. I am totally and completely connected. I am one with my higher power of love, understanding, peace, joy, and harmony. And knowing that truth, knowing that reality, that safety and protection, I let go and relax in the quiet. for joining me in the Serenity Minute and I trust that this has been an opportunity for you to make that conscious contact with your higher power knowing that you are loved. And so now we're back to uh, our conversation with my guest Mark Hicks talking about spirit, mind, and body and Unity's focus on healing. So Mark, before the break, you were talking to us about the importance of forgiveness, and uh, that surely is an important concept in recovery. So uh, tell us a bit more about what what is forgiveness. Does it mean that you have to say about something, it didn't hurt, it wasn't that bad, and I can be best buddies with that person for the rest of my life, even if they abused me terribly, or what? I don't know. What does it mean? I do know what it means, in my opinion, but tell us. Yeah, well, it's... It, uh, I suspect we all have our own um, approach to it, but forgiveness is fundamentally letting go. It is um, uh, an openness. It's a state or a consciousness of openness. I may be injured and I may be angry about my injury. I may also say I am open to be transformed. I am open to see a different point of view. Now, by saying that, I have not yet really said I'm I'm forgiving. I'm just simply saying I'm open to it. And by being open to forgiveness, we allow spirit to somehow find an elegant, perfect way for that injury to find meaning in our life. And we don't – intellectually, it's very difficult to forgive, but spirit – works in mysterious ways, as the hymn goes. If we are open to spirit, then we allow spirit to teach us how to forgive. It's not that I um, am so great that I can um, um, declare forgiveness. It's that I am open to change. I am open to being transformed. I am open to seeing a different way. And that, that, I believe, is the key. It's just simply an openness to it. I, in, in my particular life, I, I have been able to forgive when I ask Spirit to teach me how to forgive. I, I can say, I, I can't let go of this, but God, you can help me find a way. And I am open to hearing that. And I believe that that is sufficient. I believe mm-hmm. that if we will go that far, Spirit, God, will take us the rest of the way and will work in us in a, in a transformative way to take something that is absolutely impossible in our life and turn it into something we call the greater good, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, I love that. That's a great way of, of looking at it. So you um, also, you know, one of the ideas in unity is that um, we can, by thinking, it kind of follows from what you're just saying there, Mark, by by seeing or thinking differently, we can um, bring uh, a healing power into our lives. And uh, it certainly recovery is all about changing your thinking and in many ways. So how does that work? Tell us some more about this, the power of thought as understood in, as a spiritual principle. Well, the power is in spirit. 
Silent unity, I believe, uh, always a silent unity. Silent unity is the prayer ministry at Unity headquarters in Kansas City. You can call there 24 hours a day. Uh, but the telephone, the person answers the telephone is always steeped in a consciousness that it is God who does the work, who does the healing. We are simply opening ourselves to that healing. And so the, uh, the, 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 our consciousness work, our thinking work is simply opening ourselves to the possibility that there can be a healing here, that there can be a reconciliation with someone that is my enemy, um, that my uh, possibility that my body might be healed. We're not saying absolutely it's going to happen. We're saying it's possible. And when we acknowledge the possibility, then spirit is allowed to work. Then spirit comes into our work. The other thing about consciousness is we have this mistaken notion in unity that everything in my life, in my physical world, is a result of my thinking. And in unity, we have this uh, the, these uh, what we call our five principles. And one of the principles is, says, I create my experience by the activity of my thinking. It does not say I create my conditions mm-hmm. by the activity. It says my experience. Mm-hmm. And what my experience is, is how I respond to my conditions. Right. Um, lie, I, I may have a condition that I'm not happy about at all. But my experience of that condition can be transformative. Uh, and that's a thinking process. And I'll, I'll give it. Do you remember Robert Kennedy when he was running for president many years ago? Um, and I'm kind of showing my age, I guess. He said he made this statement: Some people see the world as it is and say why. Other people see the world as it might be and ask why not. We. We may see the world as it is, but our activity is looking at the world as it might be and asking why not. That is a powerful statement. It almost got Robert Kennedy elected president. It's a beautiful concept coming out of a purely political environment. But in my opinion, it has this fundamentally powerful spiritual truth behind it is to be able to look at our conditions, see them differently, and ask, why not? That is a function of our thinking. That is a function of a spirit-led consciousness. And that is why thinking is so important in New Thought and in Unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, we can, and it also speaks to relationship and to trust, which is a big element in, in recovery. It's like in the disease of addiction, whether family member or person, you know, with the primary disease, it's like trust. You've got to be kidding me. I don't trust anything. So yeah. it's, a, it's a big shift to trusting. Absolutely. I may be out of my league here because I, I, I'm going to reference uh, John uh, Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember watching him on PBS in the 1990s, um, and he was – getting people to, uh, on television, uh, connect with an inner child. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, that was uh, effective in people with a recovery. Yes. And my point is what was going on there was bondedness. There was bonding. I often ask people, what is the first thing that a baby must do when it's born? And it's a trick question. People say, well, burp and breathe and so forth. What a baby must do when it's born is bond. Mm-hmm. A baby must go out and trust. A baby must go out and know that there's someone out there to whom I can go to get my needs met. A baby must know that it's loved. A baby must know that when it cries, it's going to be responded to. That's trust. And if the baby doesn't bond, life is forever uh, a struggle for the baby until the baby learns to trust. I believe that's what John Bradshaw was doing back in, 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 
you know, in the heydays when he was uh, so well known on television, he was getting people to trust for the first time. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, Mark, I know that on your website on truthunity.net that uh, you have you started an initiative based on um, the work of Frank Judici, who was a, a great unity teacher, and I was privileged to study under him. So grateful for that. And Frank has a series about loving yourself. He, Frank's passed on now, but um, tell us more about that. It's really about what you're saying there and about the importance of self-love and and uh, all that. Tell us about it. Well, absolutely. The series is Love Yourself Into Wholeness. And when I first heard it, uh, I, I'm a guy, okay, first of all. Frank's um, a, a teacher that I believe appeals very strongly to, to men in particular. Um, and he makes a statement that Virtually all of our problems, I, I believe he says all of our problems, he doesn't say virtually, all of our problems are stem from one core problem, one pri- primary problem, and that is our inability to love ourselves unconditionally. And so his statement is that you can love yourself, we can love ourselves into wholeness. And obviously, you know, we when, when we... Talk about why don't we love ourselves. Uh, the, the conversation often gets back to our parents. And it's what we know as the parent wound. Um, either a mother or a father. Um, you know, we, we, we did not love our, we were not properly bonded or we did not feel ourselves sufficiently loved. And so we carry around this wound and it's often attached to our, uh, the, 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 our mother and father in our life. And my suggestion was in, in religion, we often have seasons. We have the season of Lent, the season of Advent are two of the most popular. And everyone knows that during Lent, we, um, we, we get serious and settle down and meditate. During Advent, we celebrate to get in preparation for um, a, uh, a festival of love, which we call Christmas. Why don't we have a season for healing? A certain period of time during the year when uh, collectively as a society, as a denomination, as a people, that we focus on healing and what better time to do that between Mother's Day and Father's Day, which usually um, are, are days of mixed feelings for many people. Um, I We just had Father's Day, and um, I believe there's a lot of people that don't go to church or attend services on Mother's Day or Father's Day because they're hurting, mm-hmm. and they don't want to go and hear about how great mom or dad was because they're still hurting. They can't go there. Mm-hmm. And so those are two, they, that, those two dates kind of frame, uh, provide a, a, a set of bookends for a season for healing. And I'm encouraging unity to declare it and to provide resources and for congregations to focus on it, for ministers to preach about it. And on Truth Unity, I'm dedicated to providing resources each year, something new, uh, to help people with that. This year, it was the Frank Judici series, Love Yourself into Wholeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for doing that, Mark, because um, uh, obviously for a lot of people in recovery, there are some wounds many times, not always, but many times there are wounds around uh, how one was parented or what happened in the home growing up. Um, certainly one part of the recovery movement and it's been going on since the late 1970s is the whole adult child of alcoholics movement, which has contributed amazing literature. John Bradshaw was a part of that. He was also, he passed away, I guess about a year ago or so. Um, he was a recovering person, which he was very open about himself, recovering from the disease of alcoholism, and also uh, very much talked about, uh, obviously, his books and so much of what he did was about healing from those uh, parent wounds. So it's a big deal for everybody, but it's certainly a very big, and it's a very big deal for people in recovery to get down to the bottom of it and, and really learn to love ourselves. 
For sure. It's huge. Yes. And I believe that unity, uh, because of its um, theological position on the masculine and the feminine being equal and, and need to be in balance, unity may have an opportunity to bring healing to the larger society than other denominations. Right. Tell, talk a little bit more about that. we got just a couple of minutes here, but what, tell them more about that. It's intriguing. Well, um, we have this unique uh, – historically, Unity was founded by a husband and wife um, who were different people, but they were, they were co-equals from the start. And, um, and that got reflected in our, what we call our metaphysics, but which is really our theology. And there's a sense that we are uh, – we, we, we all have a feminine and a masculine nature. We often pray to our father, mother, God, or mother, father, God. That is something that's unique to our uh, the, the the actual language that we use in prayer. Typically, um, we honor uh, the masculine and the feminine in equal portions. And of course, one of the criticisms of mainstream Western Christianity is the patriarchal, um, paternalistic. Um, uh, quality to it it's a little bit unfair but it's there and certainly scripture has uh, always you know portrayed god as a uh, as a in masculine terms unity has back unity has has balanced that and so at a, at a kind of a deep theological level we're, we're well equipped to deal with the masculine and the feminine and to acknowledge that our, uh, our, the way we were parented has, uh, has ramifications to our thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just feel that, it, you know, it might be our calling to do this. Uh, who are we to try and bring a season of healing? But the more I think about it, the more I think, yeah, we, maybe it's our, our thing to do. Maybe we should be doing this. I love it. I'm in. I'm Great. in. It's a good deal. Well, we're at the end of our time here today. But, Mark, thank you so much for being my guest. You have brought uh, immense richness and uh, piqued so much uh, curiosity in me and I know in in our listeners in delving more deeply into these spiritual principles and understanding uh, the depth and the power of them because they really do work and, and they do go hand in hand with with recovery principles and are very much related to them. So thanks for being here. Thank you for the work you're doing. You're welcome. And thanks for the the work you're doing. Again, I invite everybody. That's Mark's nonprofit ministry called truthunity.net. Just go visit that site and you will be amazed at all the the resources, the spiritual resources on that site. So um, again, many thanks to my guest, Mark Hicks, and thanks to all of you for listening today on Spirit of Recovery. Have a blessed week and love yourself. Let your higher power love you. And we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Every day we're faced with countless decisions, some seemingly insignificant, others life-changing. In each situation, we want to consider all the options. But in an effort to choose wisely, I may become anxious and confused, thinking that my peace of mind depends upon making the right decision. Perhaps this is backwards thinking. Actually, beginning with peace of mind helps me make good decisions. Peace is not the result of a particular circumstance, but the very cause that keeps me calm no matter what I'm facing. Inner peace clears my mind of doubt and allows me to see what would serve me best. When I have to make a choice, I remember for every question there is an answer, and that answer begins with the peace I already have. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tollison, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.